Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Well, we had a great time yesterday with the men. I have to say that. Uh, I was, I just, it was, it was amazing the, even around our table, the conversation uh, of the men around our table as they met and talked and, and got very transparent, which what happens when you come together like the men did yesterday in that dimension and, and uh, we were challenged uh, by Brother Mike Cardone, he challenged us to, you know, what, what causes broken focus and, uh, and it was a great time. It really was. I don't know about how guys at our table were. I see some of them here this morning. Uh, I went home and thought about that. Really did. Because as Christians, it's so easy to have our focus broken. Amen. And so much so that I changed my message somewhat today. And uh, because I just, I, I know in my heart of hearts that we, we've got to get into some things that, that we really do believe. I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in the Word of God, but I'm also a firm believer in the fact that not everybody, even though they're Christians, they're born again, are living in the kingdom principles of God. Now, that's not a negative. It's not a put down. It's not a trying to make people feel bad. It's just the Bible says we're destroyed from lack of knowledge. We understand that a lack of understanding in things will cause us to not flow into things we should. And, and so as we started this kingdom message, we began to talk about living in the kingdom. And if, you, if you're living in the kingdom of God, you've, you've switched kingdoms. Your kingdom of darkness is the kingdom of light. And as I began to think about it yesterday with what we heard, I had to begin to kind of rethink some things because as a, as a pastor, uh, as, a, as an overseer, as someone that uh, people look to for answers uh, sometimes you've got to evaluate yourself whether or not you've been clear enough with what you're trying to present. And, and Because my job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. My job's not to make you feel good. My job's not to make, not make you think, wow, I've been entertained. My job's not to make you mad or glad. It's a little of both. You understand? That's part of being a, a spiritual parent. Uh, but my job is to equip you. And, and, and I began to really think about that last evening. And before I go any further, I want to thank Bessie Criswell. She's the one that put me on the, in the nominee to the committee for the Martin Luther King Monument Award. Thank you, Miss Bessie. And uh, she works hard to be the liaison between the church and the community. And uh, we appreciate her so much and what she did for us. And, and I have to tell you, I think it's one of the, the most for me, one of the most valuable awards that I've ever received in my lifetime. And it means a lot to me, so thank you. Uh, wow, what a, what a great day this is, huh? That's pretty good yesterday, wasn't it, Mike? You going to do it again? <laughs> See, nobody knows what I'm saying, but you do. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Oh, man. I want you to take your Bibles, go to the book of Ephesians, if you would please, in chapter 2, verse 6, a familiar verse. I want to talk about being kingdom dwellers this morning and living in the kingdom and, and the purpose of the kingdom. And the Bible tells us very clearly, as we've said earlier, we talked about it last week, in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, he said he, he, has, he has made us, if you will, or equipped us that we had the capability to live in the kingdom. He's made us accepted. He's qualified us. So when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our sins are forgiven. Did you get that? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin, that means wages means it's going to cost you something to live in sin, is death. Now the word death terminology there, you can apply it to the physical all you want to, but what it talks about, you're separated from God because you know that you're living, you're breathing, you're, you're moving, you're doing all of that, so your physical man's not dead. But your spiritual man is separated from God and it's referred to as death. Now as we look at this, we, we begin to understand some things. Then once we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then our, our spirit man is, is made alive. And I'm going to talk about that in a few moments uh, with you. 
and begin to put some things in perspective today. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit weary somewhat at the body of Christ not living up to potential. And there's no reason we shouldn't live up to potential. And we'll get into that in just a few moments. But I believe that if we can get a hold of this together, we can see some amazing things take place. I mean, things we've heard about, things we've read about, things we've thought about, but now we're going to see them happen. Glory to God. I mean, I, I, you know, somebody said, well, I wish I could have been back in those days and walked with Jesus and seen the miracles. Jesus wished that he could walk with you and see the miracles. He doesn't want to live back where he was. He wants to live where you are. That's why he said, you'll do greater things than I because I go to the Father for you. So Jesus wants to live with us. Our problem is we've got to make room. Amen. So as we look in the book of Ephesians, we see a a familiar verse, chapter 2 and verse 6. And he talks about the fact that he's raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Made us to sit together with Jesus in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, it's imperative we get a hold of something here. I heard this growing up by my dad more times than I care to think about. as growing up as a little child from Bishop Woody. And he says, the problem we've got that we are so heavenly minded with no earthly good. We're so caught up with what's going to be that we don't know how to get hold of what is, so we're ready for what will be. And, and, and so as we look at this, it's kind of a funny thing. He says, now, right now as believers, your position, not physical position, your spiritual position is seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I think that is absolutely incredible. He says else here, and it's not in my notes, but I just want to read it to you real quick in Ephesians chapter 1. He says that, he, that, that we, we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, it's important you see something. We're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Not our physical man, our spiritual man. We got that. Here he says that all spiritual blessings are, have already been given to us, but they're in heavenly places. Come on, stay with me now. Not here right now. They're in heavenly places. So we have to understand something about living in the kingdom. Our job about living in the kingdom is to be able to take hold of what's in heaven and bring it down to earth. As it is in heaven, so it is on earth. According to the prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So how do I get what's in heaven down here on earth amen and God has given us the vehicle which is a a a way by which we can bring that from heaven flowing through us that we can see that which is not seen hear that which is not heard we can possess that which no one's ever possessed it's all been waiting on us but it's in heaven waiting for us to release it now that's really important we get a hold of that because what happens is it puts us in a position that we have to take responsibility for ourselves. Come on, look at somebody and say, you're responsible. Now, last week we talked about a scripture over in the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 26. He said, such is the kingdom of God as if a man should scatter seed. I don't know if y'all remember that or not. Maybe you didn't think about it since then, but I will remind you. He said, the kingdom is if a man should scatter seed. Now, it's important we get a hold of that. Now, in the same chapter, in the fourth chapter, go back to verse 13, it says that the sower sows the word. I said the sower sows the word. Now, what's important about that, and as as we look at that, again, that's not in my notes, but it's something that I've been, been going over and over in my spirit to be able to get to what we're trying to teach today, that when the sower sows the word, it says that some's going to fall on, on, on ground, that the enemy's going to come immediately and steal the word. Everybody say he's going to steal the word. Now, now that, it's important we, we see some things here because when we understand that, he sows the word, and these are the ones that are wayside where the word is sown. When they hear it, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, it's important we understand that while we're in here today and the word of God is going forth, the enemy's just waiting for an opportunity to take it out of your heart. 
Mm. Now, important we see something here. He sows the word. Now, keep following this now. The enemy will come and steal the word. Watch the next part now. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward when tribulation or persecution arises from the world's sake immediately they stumble. In other words, I receive the word. I'm all excited about it. Yay, God, we just sang, you know, no name above all name. Boy, we've been excited. We're, we're, we're charged. We're energetic. We're ready to go. We go outside, and all of a sudden something happens, and we go, well, I don't know. Now, we received it while we were here. That's it. It's so easy to receive while you're here. But if you do not put it and let it take root in you, then you're going to lose what has been administered here. You're going to lose it because you haven't taken and made it root. The worst thing that can happen to you is to make John 3.16 so familiar it no longer carries an impact in your life. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Those who believe in him not perish but everlasting life. Oh, we all know that. Really, do you really know that? I mean, do you really live like you have everlasting life? Do you understand that? And we quote these things, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. What does that mean? Because what happens is we get it in our head, and we're going to talk about it in a few moments, but it's never put in our heart. I say we get it in our head, they hear it, but it never goes into the heart. Until it goes into the heart, your head just stays mixed up. Because your head can be confused all the time. All you got to do is look at the last two years of the pandemic. We wear the mask, we don't wear the mask. We take the shot, we don't take the shot. We take six feet apart, no, it's 12 feet apart, no, it's three feet apart. Uh, go to church, don't go to church. Come on, folks. We're so confused. The body of Christ has allowed the world system to come in and cause the word of God to be none effect because of the persecution. See, we're challenged on what do we believe. Do we believe our God is or do we believe that he's not? Do we believe our God's capable or we believe that he's not capable? Do we believe our God's good or we don't believe that he's good? I want to suggest to you God is whatever you believe he is to be. It's what you believe about God. And so he says that when persecution comes, it becomes unfruitful. Now, and that's fascinating to me. The cares of this world, the deceivers of riches, and the and desires for other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. It didn't say you don't have the word, it's just not producing. How many people do we know in the body of Christ who says it's not working for me? I can't tell you how many people want to make appointments to come in and see me and go, we're giving our tithe, and we go to church every week, and we pray, but nothing's happening. Isn't that amazing? The question is, why is it not happening? Well, let's understand something. The Word of God, He says, when I send it forth, will not return to me void. He said, I watch over my Word to perform it. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, through great and precious promises, you partake of God's divine nature. You escape the corruption or the ruin or the decay that's in the world. And the word lust there is through inconsistency with God. How do I escape all of the bad things? I stop being inconsistent. I said I stop being inconsistent. Do I get up in the morning and pray or do I not get up in the morning and pray? Do I, do I go to church on Sunday or do I go to church on Wednesday? Do I go to early morning prayer or do I not at all? Do I have time to do that or can I just listen to tapes in my car while I'm driving? Come on, folks, stay with me. And about the time you think you're going to get consistent, your cell phone rings. The baby gets sick. Because the enemy does not want you to become consistent. Because when you become consistent in the Word of God, the Word of God now has the opportunity to get into the soil. <laughs> Come on, stay with me, folks. We're going somewhere. But he said to them, 
Also, he said to them, is a, a lamp brought to put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which shall not be revealed, for because anything they kept secret, but it shall come to light. And then he says something, if anybody has ears to hear, let him hear. Wow. Let him hear. Now look at verse 20, though. I skipped that on purpose. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Why is it sown on good ground? Because God wants to, people to see what he's doing in your life. So tell somebody, it's not pride. The blessings of the Lord is not about pride. So it's okay to have it. Don't you love it when people say, humble yourself. They don't know what humility is. Humility is obedience. Humility is a choice to be obedient to the one who's over you. I humble myself under your authority. It's not about feeling bad. It's not about looking bad. It's not about looking low. It's not about being successful. It's not about being blessed. You can be all of those and still walk in humility. Now look what he says here though. These are the ones sown on what? Good what? Those who hear the word, accept it. I said they accept it and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Now, as you read this, you're going to find something out about it. In the beginning, he says the sower sows the word. After that, he doesn't talk about the seed anymore. He talks about the soil. He talks about the heart, the soil. See, the seed is good. Everybody turn to somebody and say, the seed of God's word is good. But it has to be placed in the soil of the kingdom of God. And what the soil does is, it begins to provide everything to the seed so the seed now can produce a harvest. Because he said, you, in the book of uh, Mark 4, 26, he says, once you sow the seed, you'll go to bed at night and get up in the morning. You don't know how that works. You know why? Because it's your spirit man that's dealing with the seed, not your head. Right. Now, let, let's go on a lot because I want to get into some things in a few moments. I'm trying to set this picture up. Go to the book of Proverbs twenty twenty seven. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of the heart. The Amplified Bible says the spirit of man, that factor in human personality, which proceeds immediately from God, is the lamp of the Lord, and it search all the innermost parts. The spirit of man. Now let's talk about that a moment. Because when you talk about God, you understand how God operates. We know there's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everybody say triune Godhead. Come on, turn to the next person next to you and say, try you in Godhead. That's three. Everybody say three. three. Well, see, man is spirit, soul, and body. I say we're spirit, soul, and body. Now, why is that? Why are, because God operates. I don't have time to get in all the teaching on the, on the, on the Godhead, how, what they represent. Go to Corinthians and read all about it. But what I want to talk to you about is spirit, soul, and body. Your body is so that you can relate to the world. Touchy, feely, all the above, correct? Your body will lie to you. Come on, stay with me, folks. You cannot allow your physical man to rule any part of the rest of the man. Now, my soul is about me, it's self. It's what I think, it's what I feel, it's how I look at things. Now understand, my soul cannot operate on its own. It has to have input from somewhere. But we've allowed the body, the desire of the body to control the soul, so the soul is spending time trying to develop things that satisfies the body. (laughs) <laughs> oh, let me help you. Six o'clock Tuesday morning, it's too early in the morning. I, I can't do that every morning and go to work. This is your body who says to your soul, I want to sleep more. And your soul says, okay, we'll work this out. We'll come up with a justification. We'll clarify this so spiritual people will understand. Oh, come on, stay with me, folks. 
It's a funny thing, isn't it? What do you mean spend time in the Word of God every day? You're tired. But you're not so tired you can't sit in front of the TV and run the remote. What are you doing on the TV with the remote? You're putting input. Because your body does not want to do anything. So your soul satisfies the moment. Oh, come on, stay with me, folks. Now, we're talking about kingdom living, aren't we? Well, that's not kingdom living. That's the world system. Okay? Mark this down. Your body and your mind will lie to you at any given moment. Because it's all about justification. I said it's all about justification. Now your spirit man. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. A flesh man, I can touch and feel the world. My soul man, I can think, I can calculate, I can have emotions and feelings about people, places, and things. It's it's about self. But the spirit is about God. Now, we know all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, his son. So we are all of sin, and, and, and we've separated ourselves from God. So our spirit man is not made alive unto God. So when we receive Jesus, John chapter 1 says Jesus is the life and the light of the world. When we receive Jesus, the light and the light of the world, we receive him into our lives. Our candle is now lit. We are now illuminated. Our spiritual man is made alive and can see things that the natural man cannot see. But we spent so much time developing the body and the soul that it's hard for us to yield to the Spirit. Even though the Scripture says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, how am I led by the Spirit of God? He says there in the book of Mark, when the sower sows the word, it goes on good ground. What is good ground? It's where the Spirit is made alive, and you say, I'm going to let the Spirit rule and not my body and not my head. How do I allow the Spirit to rule? I allow it through the Word of God. The Word of God, the seed of God, is given by God himself. And by the way, God said he gives seed to the sower. Here's here's a problem. We think God's going to give us a dollar so we can give a dollar. I want to give $100 at his missions. God's going to give me $100. So that's not seed. It, money, monetary things, time, talent, energy, and money are representative of the seed of God's word in your life. It is not the, uh, the seed, it's that seed which causes that which is in the natural or in the supernatural to manifest itself in the, in the natural. But it first has to be supercharged by the spirit of God in your life because the only seed that produces fruit is the word of God. But when you take the word of God and enact it in everything else you do, God is not mocked. What you sow, you're going to reap. That's in the natural realm. But you can't get to the natural realm of its fullness till you get the spiritual realm, understanding God will give seed to the sower. Why? So that you can be, he can multiply that seed in your life. What do you mean multiply that seed? He can grow you up. Cause you to grow up. Come on, turn to somebody and say, time to grow up. Now, here's part of the problem. (laughs) We blame God for what we've created. And I've said this for years. And it's amazing to me how I'm still having to say it. You are the sum total of the seeds that you've allowed to be sown into your heart by the word of God and by the activity of the seeds that you've sown into the real world. In other words, you don't like where you are, quit sowing the seeds you're sowing. Hmm. What do you mean, Bishop? He says that we are, the word of God is line upon line, precept upon precept. 
Now again, I'm going to go back to 1 Peter over there, or 2 Peter, the second chapter, or 2 Peter, first chapter, starting first verse, fourth verse. It says, through great and precious promises, we partake of God's divine nature and escape the corruption or the, or, or, or the, or the decay that is in the world through our inconsistencies. So what's going to make me consistent? The Word of God. How is my spirit man going to rule and reign through the Word of God? How am I going to be productive for the kingdom of God in the Word of God? But we, what we've done in our society is we've rendered the Word of God null and void. We live like the world knows more than God knows. We're almost afraid to dare to be someplace and somebody needs prayer and say, just a minute, everybody, I want to pray for them. Isn't, isn't it funny? It's amazing how people can act in the words they use and the vulgarity they use. And it's okay, the moment you go, man, I love Jesus, they go, what's wrong with you? Because the church has not lived in the kingdom the way God has set it into place. Now, when we look at this, the spirit of man is, the, is, that, human, is that factor that in humanity's personality which proceeds immediately from God. It says that Jesus is the life and the light of the world. He says, Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is within you. Wow. We've changed kingdoms because we received Jesus. So now we're in a position that we can have authority. Everybody say, I can have authority. We always like to quote this out of the book of Matthew 28 over there. He says, all authority in heaven has been given to me, and I've now given it to you. What does that mean? No, I'm serious. What does that mean to us? See, what we do is we wait till the problem arises, then we get a promise. It's not in our heart. It's not in our spirit. It's all the soul, man. Because the body is hurting, he's trying to give an answer to the body that there might be some hope, but we don't believe it. Again, look at a person next to you and say, you are the seeds of all that you've sown. Or that you've allowed to be sown into you. Boy, we don't want that responsibility. I say, we don't want that responsibility. Okay, let me, let me walk you through something real quick. How many believe the Bible? No, 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 don't you dare raise your hands if you don't really believe it. I'm not trying to get you to join with me, but how many really believe the Bible? Hmm. Be careful what you're saying, what you believe. Because what you believe is what's enacted in your life. Ooh. Ooh. What you believe has nothing to do with your circumstance. The kingdom of God, the belief system of the word of God, has nothing to do with the moment. It's about eternity. And when you walk in the belief in the word of God, no matter what the moment is, if you stay true to the word of God, the moment has got to now change because of what you believe. Because the soil takes the word of God and it doesn't wait until you're hungry to try and grow a crop. We wait until we're hungry and then we sow our seed and we can't figure out why we starve to death before the crop comes in. We wait till we get a bad report and then we go get out a little promise book, a promise Bible. We pull out a promise. But you don't understand. You, now you've just sowed it. We wait until they tell us we're going to die and then we, we try and find somebody to pray for us and we quote Scripture. We wait until the things are going south, and then we say, God, I need help. No, you, you walk in the, put the word of God in you now. Let it start producing fruit now, so that when the enemy comes, you've got a whole bag of fruit, then it doesn't matter what he does in the moment, because you're already ready for the moment. I can sustain because I believe what Joseph did 
that seven years of plenty, but don't forget to use wisdom seven years so when the seven bad years come, you're not moved with a flinch. Gas is going to seven bucks a gallon. I don't care. My house is paid for. I have no bills. My kids are all taken care of. What do I care? No, no, I care because I care about people. But for me personally, it's not going to change my life. Are you going on vacation? Sure. You going to drive? Why not? Gas is seven bucks a gallon. So what? But I didn't wait till now to start trying to figure out how I was going to live when the enemy brings a moment because I've already prepared myself so when the moment comes, I don't look left or right. I stay focused on where God's taking me. Jesus is the living word of God who was made manifest in the flesh of man and he went through hell and back, but he never lost his focus. Never broken. Even when he's on the cross and his physical man is dying, he says, eh, you know what, just forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Because I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I've been prepared for such a time as this. I, my flesh man's going to give up the life. My spirit man is going to be trying to be birthed into hell. But the Holy Spirit is coming in because my blood is pure. It's been applied to the altar. Therefore, the enemy has already lost the battle, even though he thinks he's winning the war. You got to get it in you before you have to use it in life. Now, here's something unique about that passage in Mark. 25% took the Word of God and put it into the good soil. The other 75% lost out on everything. Now, that scares me. So, you shouldn't be scared. I don't mean scared and say, not for me. I'm concerned about the body of Christ. Because if I read that correctly, only 25% of the body is going to allow the Word of God to produce a harvest. Everybody's going to receive it. The enemy's going to steal. Everybody's going to receive it, but we come in hard times, we walk away from it. Everybody's going to receive it, but because of the cares of the world, they give up on it and produce no fruit. But there's one group, 25%. I don't think it has to be that way in our church. I think we can break that mold. But for the body of Christ, it's, that's the way it is. I said for the body of Christ, I'm working hard in our church that we have a higher level. I want people walking in our door healed. I want them walking in our door blessed. I want them walking in our door, not, not out of need, but walking in our door so we can equip you so you can go back out and you can demonstrate the goodness of the Lord in the land. Hey, you want to see God? Look at me. You want to see business blessed and what God can do? Look at me. You want to see miracles? Look at me. Oh, you're so proud. No, I'm, I'm boasting on the things of God all the days of my life. I'm declaring the goodness of the Lord. I'm living in the Word of God. Therefore, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. That what is, it, what is it doing? It is indicting a good thing that is in my heart. Well, you know, things are tough, Bishop. It's in your heart. Boy, you're developing a wonderful harvest for yourself. I said it's in your heart. I mean, we, we say stuff. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You're full of baloney. (laughs) Jesus can only operate because he's the word of God according to the kingdom principle. The kingdom principle can only operate when you take what is the word of God and put it in your heart that it can produce a harvest. So when the time comes, you're not looking for an answer. You are the answer. I said, you are the answer. Years ago, back when Dr. Orr Roberts was starting the university, 
And he met with his partners. And he said, we need to. They had already bought the property. They had already done all that, done all the infrastructure as far as the connecting to the city and the water and all that. But now they had to start building the buildings. And uh, he talked to his partners that were large givers in the, in the, into what they had done. He'd met with them. And he's, he began to challenge them. He says, you know, some of you guys can sow 100000 you know, some of you guys can sow 50000 so you, you, you know, he says, and we need everybody that would be willing to believe in the vision to step up with us. So people are saying, we'll do this, we'll do that. So he had a gentleman there by the name of Lee Braxton. I had the privilege to meet Lee Braxton and know him because my dad was friends with Lee. Lee came out of North Carolina. Uh, he was born there. He was an auto mechanic in his early days when he first got married. And during that season, they went through that season and that uh, things weren't, didn't go well. And uh, he got called by the bank to come in and they were taking back his, his business that he, that he had purchased and also taking back his home. They were repossessing it. He was losing it. And he said that he went to the bank and had to, he signed the papers and stuff and said he walked out on the steps of the First National Bank of Whiteville, North Carolina. He said, God, I know that you didn't do this to me, and I know it's not your will. And I know that I've not been doing what I should do. But as of today, I'm going to commit myself 100% to you and to your word. I will guarantee you I will tithe according to your word. I will be a part of the church and ministry according to your word. I will be a witness for you according to your word. He said, I'll, I'll do any, everything your word says. I'm committing my life and my family today because I'm not going to allow this to happen to us again. I just ask one thing. One day I want to own this bank. Amazing, isn't it? Mechanic. Mechanic clothes, overalls and stuff back in the day. Greasy hands. All things underneath his fingernails. Standing on a bank, front steps. I'm sure people thought he was crazy. 20 years later, he cut the ribbon on the First National Bank of Whiteville, North Carolina. He was the owner of that bank. God began to bless Lee. Now, come on, say with me. God began to bless Lee with ideas and things in business that he became a multi-multi-millionaire. My dad was at Emanuel Bible College when Lee Braxton came to talk to the pastors, the young pastors training for ministry. And dad met him, he just fell in love with the guy, and God just gave him an instant connection. And Lee's talking to a bunch of the young ministers, and he's talking to them about how God had so blessed him, told him the story. And he says, now, he says, I don't just tithe, he says, I give 90% of my income a year to God. And my wife and I live on 10%. And one of the pastors, young minister training there, raised his hand. He said, how can you live on 10%? Lee said, if you can't live on $10 million a year, then you can't live. (laughs) Now, this was back in the 40s. Come on, stay with me, guys. See me? Yeah, that was Lee. Okay, stay where you are. As a man believes in his See, he made a decision on that bank that I'm going to take the word of God, the seed of God's word, and I'm going to put that word in my spirit to let the word produce the harvest that I need to live by. So I've got to act on every aspect of that word. My mind and my body has nothing to do with it. It's what comes out of my spirit. My spirit is the candle of the Lord. The kingdom of God does not operate according to your mind as a man thinketh in his heart. Your heart, your spirit. Out of the heart flows what? The issues of life. The way you live your life is what comes out of your heart. Amen. So he's sitting there with everybody. And Lee lifts his hands and looks at Oral and he says, we'll give one. Yeah. At that time he was in his 80s flying his own plane. Not a lot of 80-year-olds I'd want to get in with him flying. But anyway. <laughs> so Oral looked at him and he said, Lee. Because Lee and Oral were very close friends. In fact, 
He, he sat on, on, on the board of the college for years, and Oral would write him a check for $1 so he couldn't say that he worked for nothing. It's a true story. Every year, he'd give Lee a dollar check, a check with $1 made out from Oral Roberts. So you can't say, I'm asking you to do it for nothing. He said, I'll give one. Oral said, one what, Lee? What, what, what are you going to get, 1000 100000 what, what are you doing? And Lee's looking around the group. He says, Oral, my wife and I will give a dorm. We'll give the first dorm, which back then was like three or four million dollars. But how could he do that? Because on the steps in Whiteville, North Carolina, in the 20s, he said, I'm through letting my head and my body rule my life. My heart is committed to God. Yeah, he's a name above all names. Yeah. And I'm going to live my life so committed to who he is, and I just ask him. He said he'd give me the desires of my heart. If I delighted in him, he would give me my, and my first desire is I want to own that bank. 20 years later, but for 20 years, he sowed his seed. He sowed the word of God. How did he sow it? He acted on it. He believed in it. He meditated on it. He kept it purpose. He walked in, if you will, in, in, in a line and step with, with God's word, that God was a light and a lamp unto his feet, the word of God. He hid it in his heart that he might not sin against him. He, if the word of God said pray, he prayed. If the word of God said give, he gave. If the word of God said tithe, he tithed. If the word of God said witness, he witnessed. If the word of God said lay hands on the sick, he laid hands on the sick. He took that word and and let it produce over and over and over and over. And guess what? All of a sudden, the Word of God took what he was gifted to do from before the foundations of the world and began to take what was in the kingdom of heaven and begin to manifest it through Lee in the earth. So by the spirit of man, God began to bring that which was out of sight into sight. He began to bring that which is in heaven into earth because he used Lee Braxton's spirit to be created. Every one of you have gifts in you that if you make the Word of God the seed in your life and live by the Word and not by anything else, the gift that is in you will begin to be so productive, it will begin to cause you to walk in your blessings. Now, let me help you with this too. Free of charge. Because this is how the Word of God works. The kingdom of God operates on this thing of sowing and reaping. <clears throat> so in the church, we know, according to stats, that majority of Christians do not tithe. Worldwide, more than 80-some percent do not tithe. I wonder why the churches aren't changing the world. I wonder why we're not leading the Fortune 500 companies. I wonder why we're not taking over the education system. I wonder why politics are so messed up. Come on, stay with me, folks. We, we don't even tithe. You know what moves us? Needs. I've got people that won't put a dime in tithe, but I can come in here and show you the Fire Bible. And how we're reaching the nations for fire Bible. Or I can show you the clinics that we built over in Thailand. Or I can show you the orphanage of the kids that we've rescued. Or I talk about the girls we've rescued. Over 4,000 girls, 4,400 girls we've rescued out of child trafficking. Boy, they'll open up their pockets and they'll give. You know why? Because we've been told to give to a need. We've never been told to give for success. So I want to help some of you parents here. How many parents have children in school? Stop looking for the best education system. Find the stupidest, craziest system because you don't walk in humility. You go, you're out of your mind. Really? That's what you do in the church. You find a need, but you don't find a success. <laughs> my, 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 Pastor, you could have stayed home today. Where, where's Brother Sean? Where's Pastor Sean? Yeah, he's not in that place yet. <clears throat> this falls to a father's position. I'm, I, as the father of this house, I'm having to be pretty hard today on some things. It's because I love you. I'm here to equip you. I'm here to equip you. I really am. 
When a farmer sows seed, does he wait till things are just horrible? Does he find land that is is almost impossible to produce on say, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give to that. Or does he find something that's successful, where the, where the soil is rich, where you put your seed in, you know that soil is going to bring forth a harvest in it. Do you prepare your soil so your soil is ready for the seed when you put it in it? How do I do that? Well, with the Word of God, I've got to get, I know this can sound crazy to some of you, we are joined together to minister to one another's needs. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves. You see these days approaching. I get in church. I get with brothers and sisters. I get involved in women's ministry. I get involved in men's ministry. If I got a talent, I get involved in singing. I work with the children. I get, I get connected. I get related. Because that's what God told me to do. I learn how to Worship and praise God. I don't wait for Miss Jenny to say, lift your hands. The moment the music starts, my hands are already lifted. I don't wait for them to tell me to praise the Lord. I'm already praising the Lord. Because you know why? Because I'm enriching the soil so when the word is sown. Oh, God. Now, watch this now. I quit hanging around certain people. Because they're not enriching the soil. In my spirit. I quit listening to certain things. Why? Because it doesn't enrich the soil of my spirit. See, my word needs good soil to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. So I've got to protect the soil. Guard your heart. I've got to protect that. I don't make a big deal about it. You know, I have people call me up. Now, it's funny. They'll call me up now that I've known years past. Hey, man, you know, we hadn't seen you in so long. We sure miss being with you. That's great. You want to get together? Man, I'm really busy. You don't understand. The reason I hadn't seen you is because I don't need you messing up my soil. Come on, stay with me. What is sown in my soil is the Word of God. The Word of God sown in my soil is going to produce a harvest based upon... The seeds of greatness that God has put in me. So I can't live according to you. So I have to guard me. I have to protect me. Come on, folks. Stay with me here now. You can't be around that stuff. What I listen to. What I read. Who I hang out with. Who I allow to affect me or infect me. So I give my time, watch this now, this is seed. Because my seed is the word of God. The word of God, he says, you redeem the time. I give my time. The word of God is strengthened to my body. I give my strength. Meditations of my heart, I give my soul, man. And so when I sow my finances, it represents spirit, soul, and body. When I sow my time, talent, energy, spirit, soul, and body. But I don't sow it into losing projects. I sow it into winning projects. I sow it into projects that can produce. But say, wait a minute, you helped so-and-so, you know, they've lost their job, they've lost this, they've done that, and you still gave them. I know, but see, I know that something's in them that God has put in them, that this is a moment they're going through. And I know they're winners because I know their lives. So I can give to someone. Let, let, me, let me help some of you all a minute. The Bible says give to the poor and God will repay. We don't even understand that. The word give to the poor in the original text, it talks about there's people that are struggling in life. They haven't got what they need. It's as a man, the, the historian says, it's as a man has got a bucket with a, little, with a line on it, but the line's not long enough to get down to the water. And so you grab a hold of the man and help him get down so the bucket can get in the water and pick it back up. In other words, the poor that you're supposed to help are poor that are trying to get productive. Oh, God. He says, if you give to the poor, I will repay you. And it's funny. God spoke to me a little while back, and <clears throat> I had somebody come along and hand me 
some money. And uh, my wife was happy about it. I never gave it to her, but she knew I had it. <laughs> I was carrying around in my pocket, you know. Made me feel better. Somebody says, money don't make you happy. No, but it makes me feel better. <laughs> happy does not make about money, but I sure like the way it makes me feel. And I'm standing, God speaks to me. He says, take that in your pocket, everything in your pocket, and give to that person. Isn't that amazing? Now, what I didn't understand was, but God did, but I know obedience, that I did what he told me to do. Teddy knows about it because he brought the guy over here. Guy calls me up next day. Says, I need to see you. I said, I ain't got time. I'm busy. We got stuff going on. My mother in law's passed away. We're doing stuff. He said, I need to see you. I'm in town. And he said, I'm with Brother Teddy. And so he drove up with Brother Teddy. He seen me. Handed me a check for $11,000. You know why? Because when you're in good soil, it produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. Oh, come on, folks. Stay with me here. Stay with me on this. If we're going to live in the kingdom principles, we're going to have to live knowing that our spirit man has got to be in charge. And the only way the spirit man can be in charge is for you to fill your spirit with the word of the living God. It releases your spirit to be creative. And it puts it in a position that it has control. And the world has a saying that we don't like to hear too much. But he, he who has the gold rules, the golden rule. The spirit that's filled with the word of the living God will rule your mind and your body. You hear what I'm saying? But you can't rule your mind and body if you're not filled with the word. See, that's part of the problem. We're trying, I'm trying to live that way. I just can't seem because you're not filled with the word. I challenge you. Get up in the morning. Start reading your Bible. Read 15 pages a day. In less than six months, you've read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I'm trying to understand. Now you try, I always love when people go, well, I'm in the book of Psalms. I got the verse. What does this mean? Or I'm in the book of Revelation. What does it mean? It don't mean nothing to you because you hadn't read the book. Bishop, I loved your book. I read the last chapter. It was awesome. You didn't like my book. You didn't like it. You're trying to make me feel good, act like you. You didn't read my book. There, there were seven other chapters you didn't read. You don't know what the last chapter meant. Stop it. Read your Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Oh, and after you started reading your Bible, then set time aside to study to show thyself approved. Oh, then understand, you've got to sit under the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, the hand of God, so they can equip you for the work of the ministry. Oh, I see. And then I've got to take my gift and my talent because of the word of God that's in me and allow it to begin to use my gift and talent according to the word of God. And now I reach into the unseen world of heaven and break hold of what God has promised me and bring it into the natural world. And what has not been seen is now very, very visible. Because you'll see it as it's on its way to manifest itself. Well, I don't know about that. Talk to Abraham. Look at the stars. I said, look at the stars. You know what's funny about that? Sarah was still old. <laughs> don't look at your husband or wife. <laughs> because the problem, if you've got a problem in your marriage, isn't him or her. It's about what kind of seeds you've sown in your spirit. If you sown the right seeds in your spirit, your marriage will be good. You know what we do? We want counseling. You know why we want counseling? We want a counselor to side with us. You know how bad she is, brother. I'm telling you, you know how Felicia is. I'm with you on this, buddy. So now Felicia goes, we're not talking to him. We're going to find somebody else. So they go find that woman counselor. That's what I was telling our table yesterday. I said, listen, if you get, when you get married, do not go to your parents when you have marriage problems. Because their prejudice is all daylight. <laughs> the wife's parents are going to side with her. They might think, you know, tell her she's wrong, but when it gets down to it, they're going to side with her because that's their baby. 
And the mom, mom's going to side with her boy. That's her boy. So why are you going to such prejudicial people for counsel? Why don't you go to somebody who has the word of God, who's gifted in that area, that's produced, watch this now, that's produced fruit of many, many couples being saved by their counseling because that's the word of God in them producing the fruit that glorifies God. That's who you give yourself to for counseling. Don't put yourself in the hands of some people that are so prejudiced they'll destroy your marriage. Why is it, musicians come, I, I'm getting off on something now, but why is it that when we need advice, we find people that we're comfortable with? If I'm with people I'm comfortable with, it means I'm comfortable with them because they've never said a thing that would change my life. Come on, folks. Get around somebody that is so caught up in the Word of God that what you have need of in that area, they have got so much fruit behind them that this is what I want to give my time and my talent and my energy to because this is what's going to produce. Now listen, as I said earlier, I give to the poor. God repays me. We take care of the widow and the orphan. They can't help themselves. We are obligated to do that. And so I do that because that's what God told me to do, and that's what kingdom of God does. But I give to success because I want to harvest. See, when I want to harvest, I don't go out here on the street and find a guy with a sign asking him for money. Really what he wants is a buck for beer. Just give him a beer. Quit, oh, quit doing going here. Just give him a beer. Say, here, this bud's for you. Because he has no harvest that will affect my life. I find success. I find a Ted Shuttlesworth, Teddy Shuttlesworth, Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. They're seeing hundreds and thousands of souls saved. Man, that's where I'm going to give my money. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I, I looked at a thing the other day. We're looking to do, do some things to... Try and figure out how we, we can help out what's going on over in the Ukraine, the people. They're hurting. And I heard a lot of people talk to me. And, of course, you're dealing with different people, and they're talking about the Red Cross and all this stuff. And I'm going, wait a minute. What about a good Samaritan person? They're winning souls. They're successful. They've got a harvest that has come up in their lives over the last 15, 20 years. That is, um, why would I give to the Red Cross? Oh, come on. I'm not trying. I'm not promoting them. I'm just saying that for me, when I looked at it, I go, what is the best ground for me to sow seed in to help these people that a harvest will be produced? Not, I'm not doing it for me, but a harvest will be produced in what we sow seed in for lives to be transformed. We've gotten so hung up with feeding physical bodies, we forgot that you can be healthy and go to hell. We were in Panama helping some people. I went over, saw what they were doing. I found out they weren't winning anybody to Christ. They didn't tell anybody about the gospel. We'd been giving money, thousands of dollars. to. They were feeding people and all good stuff. But nobody's getting saved. I said, stop it. Oh, you don't care about the, oh, I care about the hungry people. But I want to give it to people that can hear the gospel. If I can't tell you about Jesus, I'm not going to spend my money as my dad would say, pouring it down a hole. Don't tell me you want my money and you don't want to hear about my Jesus. You, you see how this thing flows? The kingdom of God, the seed. Your time, your talent, your energy, your finance has to be sown into success. Unless you're helping the poor or those who can't help themselves. And we should do that. And I'm a big believer on helping people who can't help themselves. On the other side of the coin, though, when it comes to my life and harvest, and God, and by the way, God said, uh, it's going to mess some of you up. When I stand before God, you know what he's looking for? What I can lay at his feet. What kind of fruit have I produced? I know I'm going to mess, I know this is going to really mess you up. He's not going to ask what poor person who's not serving him, that I help out. 
He's going to ask, what I gave you is seed for, to produce a harvest. Who did you give it to? What did you produce? What are you going to let? He says, hay, wood, and stubble will be burned up. But that which you did in Christ's name, you're going to take and lay it at his feet. Oh, God. I want to lay at his feet souls. I want to lay at his feet success. I, I want to lay at his feet those that we've been able to rescue. And, those that we, but, and they all have come into the kingdom of God. And they know Jesus. Our orphanage in Thailand. We're, we, we've built churches all over that region with the kids who came through our orphanage. 1994 we started. There was not one church in the Aka tribe until we went there. We went and built. Our church went and built the first church for them. Now we've got churches all across that area in the mountain area for the Aka tribe. And guess who's pastoring them? All the kids who came out of our orphanage. I think that's pretty good seed abundant life. So if you want kingdom of God come and will of God to be done, just know your spirit is a candle of the Lord. And what you put in your spirit will dictate the future that you will possess. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and He wants to bless you.